It's time to get activated, gamers, because you're listening to the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2022, featuring Dan and Bob Video Games. Bob, I've decided they're all Game of the Year. They are games of that year. Chris Wolfhart. Not guilty of insider trading. And Dr. Agro. I'm glad I spent this whole year knowing I'd be on this podcast. This episode features outrageous categories such as... Most anticipated game. Fakest trailer. Game that shipped too early. And the 7th Gen Game Award. So grab your nuggies and Mountain Dew gamers, sit back in your race car chair and get ready because the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2022 Pod Stravaganza starts right now! Hello everyone and welcome to Game of the Year 2022 Part 1 from Gigaboots. I'm your host, Dan Video Games, and with me, I've got the full crew. We've got Bob. Hey guys. Chris Wolfhard. SNL's still not funny. And Dr. Agro. Oh, God, I'm so unprepared. (laughs) We've got a ton of categories to get to, so let's get to it. We're going to start this off with a good one. Most anticipated game. Sponsored by Grand Blue Fantasy Remake. (laughs) Of course. It has been so long, I don't actually remember what that project (laughs) is. You can find years of videos. Don't worry about it. <laughs> is that the fighting game? Is it a MOBA? It's not immediately relevant, most likely. So <laughs> the nominees for this category are Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. Who put this in here? Who's, who's entertaining this game is coming out eventually. This is harmful to me directly. I'm sorry. You should be. Alan Wake 2. Armored Core 6. Atomic Heart. Baldur's Gate 3. Bayonetta Origins, colon, Cereza and the Lost Demon. Disgaea 7, Diablo 4, Exo Primal, Fire Emblem, Engage, Final Fantasy 7, Rebirth, Final Fantasy 16, Flintlock, colon, The Siege of Dawn, Hades 2, Hollow Knight Silk. Who put this in here? This is directly <laughs> harmful. Stop telling them it's happening. <laughs> no, it's real. Next year. Judas. <laughs> Lies of P. Like a Dragon Ishin. Like a Dragon, the man who erased his name. Marvel's Spider Man 2. Metroid Prime 4 (laughs) Who put this in here This is very harmful This is important to them Mina the Hollower Momodora Moonlit Farewell Octopath Traveler 2 (laughs) Resident Evil 4 As I slip into the time portal Pikmin 4 I forgot. Again, I forgot they announced this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Pragmata, Sea of Stars, Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor. (laughs) Maybe I should stop saying the colon part out loud. (laughs) I I also forgot that series is called Star Wars Jedi. Yeah. Okay. All right. Starfield. Story of Seasons. A wonderful life. You have to say it like that. It's all caps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Street Fighter 6. 
Tekken 8, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, The Lords of the Fallen, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, Wanted Dead, Wo Long, Fallen Dynasty, and Ease 10, Nordics. Did they announce that East End's making it over here next year? We don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Do we know when Japan's shipping on that? Because we don't usually trail massively on Ease games. Yeah, I think they said it's next year, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know it's I know it's next year in Japan, but that could be like December or it could mm, be January. Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to come out in America next year. Yeah, I don't know. I can dream. Okay. Bob, why are you putting this game that's obviously not coming? Anyways, Pikmin 4. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> That's the real suspect one. <laughs> this is a giant list. This seems like, uh, what is that, 39 nominees? Yes. We only get five votes, though. This is rough. <laughs> it's, it's great is what it is. I love it this. It is time for the culling. I will go ahead and start the voting myself because I'm greedy. Uh, Armored Core 6, obviously. Yeah, that makes sense. I've been waiting. It is time. There's time. It, it is 2023. There is time for Armor Core 6, hopefully. FromSoft wouldn't delay the game, would they? They've never done that. No, I don't, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think they would delay a, a game. No. See you guys at next year's Game Awards. <laughs> See you guys next year at uh, Most Anticipated Game sponsored by Armored Core 6. <laughs> you know, this year we had some pretty poor comedy games. I think next year we're going to have a really good one in Judas. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be really good watching it just go through the playbook of Bioshock beat by beat and I'm just every part of it's gonna be an ever growing elation over this being the game he's been working on for that long it's gonna be great I hope that actually comes out obviously I would have to be insane to not vote for Marvel Spider-Man 2 I love the first one and Miles Morales if only Miles Morales didn't have that horrible, horrible glitch. <laughs> this is where it's getting tough. I only have two more votes. Right. And there's approximately 35 other games. <laughs> 36, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to vote for Advance Wars 1 and 2 because that game's gone. <laughs> that game comes back, I'll be surprised. It'll be like the World War II soldier we, we got long after the war had ended. Just like, you were out here the whole time? Dan's stumbling around like fucking um, Master Miller in the Phantom Pain. Yeah. It's like, why are we here on this earth? Just suffer? <laughs> that is how it feels to be an Advanced Wars fan. Um, I gotta give it to Street Fighter Six. As much as Tekken 8's gonna be a great game, Street Fighter 6 is going to be the first great Street Fighter since, you know, 3. <laughs> it's been a bit. Uh, I genuinely, 4 is fine. I don't think it's it steps to, you know, third strike at all. And uh, I think we've all been lying to ourselves pretending. Maybe not all of us. A lot of us have been lying to ourselves pretending that 4 was anywhere near as good as third strike. I think there's just a lot of things about the campaign here that are looking super exciting. Street Fighter 6 is absolutely where it's at. And now I only get one more. <sighs> you know, I was pretty excited about The Legends of the Dear Tears of the Kingdom until John Linneman said the Switch 2 was not going to come with it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. He was like, nah, that was a Switch Pro that canceled it. It's not, whatever it is, it's not coming out in 2023 now. And I'm like, Sean, Sean, please. No. Please, John. No. John. <laughs> 
Come on, man. We're gonna keep living in the reality where that's not true. <laughs> oh, that's fair, you know? And just believe until proven completely wrong on that. Yeah, this is this is disgusting and absolutely just con- concentrating my voting points in too similar of an area. I'm voting for Tekken 8. Te- <laughs> Tekken 8's really mm-hmm. fucking... Did you see that trailer? Right. That is awesome. <sighs> Man, that was hard. As it turns out, choosing five things out of 39 is really difficult. <laughs> yeah, this is like the biggest set of upcoming games we maybe have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. We really, during the tenure of the podcast network, have seen a decline in game production in general. Mm-hmm. So to know that there are 39 games that could be most anticipated is kind of insane. We're going to go to Chris next. Chris, what are your five games? Mm. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16. Uh, I'm real excited for that now that uh, we know it has a party. <laughs> Yeah, that helps. That definitely increased my excitement for it. <sighs> Judas. Not for a good reason. <laughs> oh my but God. Judas. If Judas wins this category because of it, how bad it is, that'll be impressive. If it makes you feel better, I feel like one of us is going to vote for it not in the same way that Chris and I just did. I I am anticipating the hell out of this, Bob. So, <laughs> Street Fighter 6. Okay, that's three. <sighs> hmm. We sure do have every game ever made on that. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like we had what should have come out across two years put into this one list. <laughs> Fucking Insomniac, that's rude. Could you have shipped Marvel Spider-Man 2 sooner? How many years did you really need to make it after Miles Morales? Resident Evil 4. As the world's biggest Resident Evil 4 fan, I'm excited to play it for the first time when it actually comes out. It's going to be great. And lastly, I'm going to give it to Lies of P because that game just seems very interesting. Mm. Okay. So to recap, Chris voted for Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Judas, Resident Evil 4, and Street Fighter 6. I was uh, really close to voting for both 7 Rebirth and 16, but I couldn't choose between the two. So that I gave it to Tech at 8. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, we now go to Bob. Bob. Start shooting children. That's that are shoot your children. (laughs) Murder your darlings. Murder your shoot your children. That's the idiom, right? (laughs) Huh? What's this idiom about again? It's about kids. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) So, Baba, do it. I'm gonna vote for a pragmata. Okay. I need to know what this is. (laughs) What's in the box? Yeah, what's in the box? Capcom has to tell me. Yeah, there's an above zero chance it's vapor. I know, right? Like, it might just be literally nothing. (laughs) Next year's category is going to get sponsored by Pragmata. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Street Fighter VI. Mm -hmm. I've already played hours of that game. It is amazing, incredible. I need it. Yeah. Wanted Dead. Cause I'm, <laughs> of course, yeah. I need the sequel to Devil Third. Of course, obviously. Oh my god, there are too many games. I will also vote for Armor Core Six. Hell yeah, because of principles. Yes, the Bob Colon, mm. the principled gamer. <laughs> and oh my god, Momodora Moonlit Farewell. We've only seen one trailer for this. 
but I enjoyed the last one a lot, and it looks very nice. Okay. Well, that's all of Bob's votes. That's Armored Core 6, Momodora, Moonlit Farewell, Pragmata, Street Fighter 6, and Wo Long, right? No, <laughs> no Wanda Dead. <laughs> the sequel to Devil's Third for people who don't know. Holy shit. Aggro, good luck. Okay, I've, I've been trying to, to, to prep this list, and it hasn't worked yet, so we're just going to do it live. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on this list that like goes head-to-head, and maybe I could take this, and maybe I could take this, but nothing could replace Tekken 8, so I've got to give one to Tekken 8. Hell yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A lot of people like to rag on Pandora for having a weak will. But then I just watched the trailer for Judas and, you know, I realized what she went through. God, I need to crack that box open. I need to see what's inside and hopefully shut it soon enough to keep hope alive. It's, it's really weird. Agro bought the, the day one edition of Judas, opened the box and got really huge. <laughs> Finally. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2, hands down. That trailer was basically, yeah, you, did you like Octopath 1? Do you want us to fix the biggest problem with that game? Yes. <sighs> Shit. Two more. Okay. There's a lot of things that should be on my list here. Um, I keep trying to not have Exoprimal on this list. <laughs> but it... It, it it hasn't worked yet, so Exoprimal. <laughs> I mean, what other game is going to have the voice clip of summoning raptors? Raptors. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome fucking thing to be in a video it. game. I, I didn't even get to play that beta. I just, I've seen the footage and that game is lodged in my heart like a tick. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have a 4090. That game might run right. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. I'm distressed by this hardware knowledge surrounding Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I didn't realize me bringing that in would have thunk it. God, I can't believe I didn't vote for that. I kind of want to give Advance Wars vote just, just for the light of hope. <laughs> don't do it. That's the Advance Wars. Super stand. Please don't. I can't. <laughs> I, I was tempted to delete this shit before we even got to the recording. <laughs> I am the one who put Atomic Heart on this list because fuck, I want to play that. Uh... <laughs> for people joining us just now, Agro has one more vote for most anticipated game the category. Did you know these premiere live so people actually do just clicking and go, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That does happen. Okay, I just did a quick internal inventory in my heart, and I'm going to give it to Flintlock Siege of Dawn, because weird Eurojank Afghan action game cannot be bad, no matter how bad it turns out to be. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you bring it up as a Eurojank game, because Bob and I just finished playing Elix 2, which is how they pronounce it, on stream, and afterwards I was immediately reminded of Flintlock. <laughs> very strange, very strange. Okay, let me uh, sort these results and see what our current pecking order is. And from there, we can figure out how many more votes we get and how this will go. Okay, it's been sorted now. From the most anticipated based on the first round of voting to the least, we have Judas Street Fighter VI, Armored Core VI, Tekken VIII, Exoprimal, Final Fantasy XVI, Flintlock Siege of Dawn, Liza P, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Momodora, Moonlit Farewell, Octopath Traveler, Resident Evil 4, and Pragmata, and Wanted Dead. We now get three votes. We'll start with Chris. Judas. 
I'm I anticipate it. <laughs> yeah. Street Fighter Six. Okay. And Final Fantasy Sixteen. Bob. Ugh. <laughs> Street Fighter Six. Okay. Armor Core Six. Mm-hmm. And Wanted Dead. <laughs> Brave. Respectable. Soul. <laughs> Aggro. I'm, I'm starting to feel bad for rewarding this kind of behavior, but I want to buy the ticket and take the ride. Judas. <laughs> Octopath Traveler 2. Mm. And it's got to be Tekken 8. Shit. Why did I go last? Yeah. Uh, now, moron. Now, obviously, the automatic vote goes to Judas. <laughs> yes! Yes! Voting for anything else before that's lying. Um... You just don't get games of that import very often. <laughs> yeah. Not since not since the PS4 came out. Yeah. Yeah, as it turns out, we got a, a lot fewer uh Duke Nukem Forever adjacent length production cycles around then. Um This is actually really hard. I'm gonna have to give it to Armor Core 6, obviously. Huge Armor Core fan. I'm so excited for this. Huge Armored Core fan excited to play Armored Core 6 for the first time. Let's see. I have one vote, and there are so many of these. Dan, I, I want you to know that I'll, I will eventually forgive you if you vote for Street Fighter over Tekken. I understand <laughs> that that's part of your childhood trauma <laughs> <laughs> that occurred at a very young age. You're right. I can't pick a favorite between those two, so I'm choosing Marvel Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Ah, ah, the coward's gambit. Classic. <laughs> We're going to sort this again and get to the next round. So I'm going to just delete the things that have no votes. Ugh. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that feels. It's pretty <laughs> gross. Oh, man. We're going down to two votes. Uh, out of, what is this? One, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. The remainders based on vote count is Judas, Street Fighter 6, Armor Core 6, Tekken 8, Final Fantasy 16, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Octopath Traveler 2, and Wanted Dead. We're going to let Aggro vote first. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you feel so special for getting to do this? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm... I'm having to decide who I am as a person now because I, I could do something really political... Oh. And not have to betray two darlings of mine. Oh. <laughs> but it wouldn't be the most honest way to vote. <laughs> Welcome to Game of the Year. Yeah. <laughs> what was that quote? If you want to test a man's true metal, you put him in a Game of the Year discussion. I'm pretty sure that's how that quote goes. As a moth drawn to a campfire, I must once again vote for Judas. Yes! <laughs> Oh, I feel like I'm tumbling down a dark pit toward that game's release, which means I'm going to have to to let go of one of my son's hands and oh, throw no. them off a cliff. Oh, I'm going to vote for Octopath. Oh, no. Oh, holy crap. Because there are still good Tekken games out there I could go back and play if Tekken 8 vanished. Oh, that's really sound logic crap. Okay. Those are Agro's two votes. Judas and Octopath Traveler 2. We now go to Chris. Judas. 
<laughs> no hesitation. Not even an ounce. For as we vote, we all become Judas. <laughs> In the back of my head, I'm like, this game's going to get canceled. It'll be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing ever. But no, it won't be canceled. The publisher who gave Ken Levine... <laughs> Four to five times more money than time than they should have. <laughs> we'll ship something called Judas. Yeah. That would be really funny, though. It's just like, we'll never know what was in the box. <laughs> and my second vote, mm, Final Fantasy 16. I get it. Fair. Yeah. I'm going to go next. <laughs> Judas. <laughs> Join us, Bob. It's so easy. Just vote for Judas. It's already going to win. I'm not going to bother <laughs> voting for it. <laughs> um, this is where things get really emotionally complex for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like Marvel Spider-Man 2 isn't the type of game that needs its champion here at the end of most anticipated game. It doesn't need it uh, so much. It doesn't. You don't. You know who does need a champion. Armored Core 6. <laughs> Absolutely. People need to know about the nine balls. <laughs> and so those are my two votes. It feels like I barely started eating and I'm already done with dinner. Right? Hey, Bob, it's your turn now. God. Okay. You know, you know, Bob, Judas. it's kind of lonely down here at the JRPG end of the table. Ooh. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about Tekken. Uh huh. Because it's Tekken Eight. Yeah. Right. God. <sighs> but I don't know. Oh my God. Game of the Year is so insane. I'm looking at my votes. Judas. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I will give it uh, to One and Dead. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Brave. Incredible. <laughs> Unchallengeable in soul, Bob. I, I would like I would like to say you voting for Wanda Dead very much parallels my vote for Judas. <laughs> I need to know what's in Wanda Dead. Oh, okay, man, mm-hmm. this is rough. It's okay, Bob. Just choose one of the seven most anticipated games to be your most most anticipated game. It's simple. I'm going to stick with. Te- Judas? You're voting for mm. Judas? Is that what I heard? I didn't quite Street Fighter 6. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. There we go. We're just going to we're going to put that in there. Well, this is pretty simple. We we got two people knocked out entirely. Marvel Spider-Man 2. <gasps> oh, no. This feels awful. Why am I doing this? Oh. And Tekken 8 also got knocked out. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think I can Go on. So what I'm noticing, we have three votes on Judas and one vote on five other things. Yeah. I think we depressingly have a winner. (laughs) Now we just need to come up with the second place. Yeah, let's come up with second and third place and we can figure it out from there. I'm going to say to figure those out the quickest, the best thing to do here is to ironically give us two votes. Because mm-hmm. it'll stack enough and spread enough. So, Bob, yeah. go. Two votes out of Street Fighter 6, Armored Core 6, Final Fantasy 16, Octopath Traveler 2, and Wanted Dead. I'm going to stick with my same votes from last time Street Fighter 6 and Wanted Dead. But, Bob, Judas isn't in the vote. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chris. Street Fighter 6 and Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> Why did Tekken have to die? <laughs> I know, right? Street Fighter 6 and Armored Core 6. Aggro. Uh, now that I'm down, I'm down to one son, this becomes really easy for me. Uh, Octopath 2 and Armored Core 6. Hey, there we go. <laughs> that's, that's a fucking order, all right. I can live with that. I don't know if you guys can. The order being Judas in first place, Street Fighter Six in second, and Armor Core in third. Obviously, the voting the voting doesn't make it final. We're still open to people try to argue it up and down. But how do you guys feel about that? I'm good with that. I can live with that. That feels like a representation of this group as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> like we could have gone no other way. How did Tekken lose? <laughs> don't. Maybe we should relitigate Tekken. <laughs> I mean, I'd argue to put Tekken up there instead of Street Fighter, but I understand the Tekken 8 is, oh, look, they made another good Tekken, and Street Fighter 6 is, holy <laughs> shit, look at this revolution in fighting games. The legend has come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is really the difference here. They've made a, a number of really awesome Tekken games. Meanwhile, Street Fighter has kind of felt like a little bit of decline since about 2002. Oh, God, no. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike is like 2000, period, isn't oh, it? God, I'm looking it? it? I'm looking it up. Okay, Internet, tell me when Third Strike came out. I want to be sad. 1999. What? Oof. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's been so long. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Okay, yeah, I'm okay with this order. I think we, I think we, I think we sealed the deal. I think we put this wax seal on this envelope and we shipped this category as is. I don't think anyone here would be crazy enough to agree with Bob as he tries to argue Street Fighter Six up to first. No, obviously <laughs> Judas is one. Yeah, that, that worm has crawled into our ears, and there's no getting it out. <laughs> I, I just have to know. What scenes from Sucker Punch will he steal this time? <laughs> it's 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 almost like if uh, the David Cage Star Wars game came out seven years from now. Like, imagine that game not only actually shipped, but finally came out. We would need to know, okay, what, what crazy, uh, terrible things did he write into Star Wars? Yeah, what did Disney not pay enough attention to <laughs> during the approval phase? It's fucking weird that they didn't notice this Jedi Master has a swastika on his fucking forehead, but whatever. Anyways, that means for most anticipated game, we have a three-way tie run-up between Runners Up, Wanted Dead, Octopath Traveler 2, and Final Fantasy 16. Coming in third place is Armored Core 6. Second place is Street Fighter 6. And the most anticipated game of 2023 is... Judas. <laughs> I think this is the only time it's been something everyone's ironically excited for. I feel 50 50. Like, yeah, exactly. Agro's 50 50. I think it, it might be amazing. <laughs> we don't know. We need to open the box. <laughs> What's great about this is if the fucking earwig of Judas was not here. <laughs> Tekken would definitely be on this list. I know that's yeah, almost certainly. all these runners up are just like personal babies for different people here. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is really screwed up that that's the case. Okay. That means we're moving on. We're going to move on from most anticipated game to biggest disappointment. The nominees are 
Bayonetta 3's story, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Disgaea 6, now that it's actually out, <laughs> it was fully written, Gotham Knights, oh my god, new Joe and Mac, Pocky and Rocky Reshrined, how did we end up with two, anyway, <laughs> Shadows of Rose DLC for Resident Evil 8, Soul Hackers 2, Solstice, Scorn, and The Last Hour of Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, this is an emotionally charged and very dynamic category. There are a lot of nominees that are solid and for different reasons. We get four whole votes, which is a lot more generous Ooh. than the last time when we got five out of 39. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and start this category with Chris. <sighs> Bayonetta 3 story. It's real bad. Yeah, it's. It's hard for me to ever recommend that game to another human being, no matter how much they like action games because of its story. It's like an acid. I really need to experience that because that game came out and there was stunned silence and then I just heard <laughs> weeping in the distance. <laughs> we are now going to get into story spoilers for both uh, Shadows of Rose, presumably, the Resident Evil 8 DLC and Bayonetta 3 story and also Call of Duty, but I feel like none of you fucking care about that third one. <laughs> And Horizon Forbidden West, because it's literally the last hour of that game. So, story spoilers for all four of those games. Disguise 6. What is so disappointing about Disguise 6 now that it's actually out? Them, ex like, massively scaling up all the caps just make the game feel like shit. It it's not fun to gain 400 levels in a battle. That's not fun. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's, it's fun in an old Disguise game where the level cap is 9,999. Mm -hmm. It's not fun when the level cap is 9,999,999. Also, they included the auto battle feature for the first time, and all the maps are really simple because of that. Oh. Um, and also, while I like the main character, Zed, a lot, all the other characters are kind of boring. Man. Like, they're, they're just, like, really generic. And they cut so many classes because this was very obviously, like, we're... Because like this, this was developing when all their mobile games were failing, so it's like, well, we can't have all the classes we normally have. Because because normally in a disguise game, there's two versions of every class, male and female, and they just cut one of the two from every single class. Hmm. Because like that's a model we don't have to make. Yeah, as they transitioned to 3D, so obvious cutbacks happened. Oh right. And and like they they know because the promotional material for Seven seems to entirely be yeah we took all that shit out. <laughs> Mm, looking at the rest of this list. You, you know, I could get Cool Joe or Handsome Joe to show up on Game of the Year and he could vote for Gotham Knights, maybe. I don't even know that he played it and he's our DC fan guy. God, I hope he played it. I hope he suffered. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> suffer as we did. <laughs> Shadows of Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Shadows of Rose sucks. It has nothing in it for anyone. The only value in it at all, even a little on any level, is uh, uh, maybe some the, the one cool thing will be reused in Mercenaries mode in Resident Evil 4 Remake. That That's really all they gave us. Yeah. There's a lot of duds on this list, but I'm going to give the last vote to Soul Hackers 2. Okay. Soul Hackers 2 has, has really cool looking characters and pretty good sounding music. That game's bad. It doesn't have good mechanics. It has like lobotomized SMT mechanics to the point where you can like sleepwalk through most encounters that aren't boss fights. Every dungeon is bad. They have no good ideas. 
It's yeah. rough. Yeah, Bob and I played a little bit of this on a stream for uh, prep for Game of the Year just to get an idea for the game. And uh, it being a weird shipping dock in like a, like New York City or something, it looked like it came out of a PS2 level. This is the first dungeon. There's no like yeah, and, proper uh, lead in or anything. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize this was the level this game was coming in at. And it doesn't like evolve past that level, really. Like, it's like, well, do you want the next dungeons an abandoned subway line? Oh, no. The, the dungeon after that is also an abandoned subway line. Oh, my God. <laughs> the dungeon after that is an office building. Uh, and then, then you're at the end of the game. And in between these, you have to do the the budget dimension, which is actually half the content in the game. Those aren't the budget dimension? Oh, my God. No. No, the budget dimension <laughs> is, 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 uh, is, an, is an endless series of blue glass catwalks in a blue void. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah, if, if, if you ever played Digimon Cyber Sleuth, it looks like that, but less interesting. Okay. So, Chris's four votes were for Bayonetta 3 Story, uh, Disguise 6, now that it's actually out, Shadows of Rose DLC for Resident Evil 8, and Soul Hackers 2. We now go to Aggro. Uh, well, uh, let me just real quick pull this knife out of my heart, and let's see what's written on... Oh, The Last Hour of Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to write on a knife. That's a very big small knife. scratch. It's a big knife. Sans serif. It's a real compact font. Um, I'm going to stack that immediately with scorn. <laughs> did you, you get your refund? I, I did. Yeah, that's good. That was, that was a balm, to be sure. <laughs> I fucking wasted so much of my life. In the four hours I played that game. <laughs> mostly, uh, my next pick is mostly for the brain spidery effect I think it might have on executive decisions going forward. That's going to be Gotham Knights. Okay. Because nobody who makes decisions at the executive level is going to understand that that game underperformed because it was shit. In the same mm. way that movie executives don't understand that people like, you know, movies that are good, not genres that are popular. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that game going down is like, oh, well, clearly you can't make a game with this, this, or this thing that are perfectly fine. <sighs> if you want, it has been allowed for you to hold on to your last vote for now. Maybe you want to hear arguments out or ask questions or just not even use it at all. That's what I'm thinking about. Like I'm, I'm leaning towards Solstice because uh, I, I remember Chris going on at length about how that game turned out, but I didn't actually play anything but the demo myself. So I think I'm gonna hold on to it. Okay, we're gonna go next to me. <laughs> Bayonetta three stories absolutely terrible. There is no way to frame it where that story is uh, acceptable. Um, it has taken a lot of the problems of stories in Bayonetta and cranked it up to 11. There's all sorts of timeline things that are kind of frustrating to think about, along with conclusions emotionally that don't feel great in post credit sequence that sort of implies things that may or may not have happened. Character motivations are garbage. It's It's really bad. Bayonetta's three story is a huge disappointment. Moving on, the last hour of Horizon Forbidden West mulches what I think was one of the richest setups in a AAA game in a long time, as it sets up for all these cool things that the next Horizon could have been. And it just goes, we're not interested in that. 
had none of that. Go back indoors, honey. <laughs> and it's not even, oh, we're not going to do that. It's we're going to ruin this fucking setting. Yes. 100%. And you just see it dismantled in front of you. Ugh. Absolutely frustrating. I never believed in Gotham Knights, so I can't be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you about a game. It was one of the most important first-person shooters ever made. It was called Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And this year, they did a reinvention of it. Some sort of reboot remake. It is terrible. It uh, generates one of the dumbest lines of the year. As long as there is a war on terror, there's no real war on drugs. It is... An enormously stupid game with an absolutely terrible drone segment. So bad that they brought it up in a technical review of the game at Digital Foundry, which is a real level of elevating how bad a segment is that they felt the need to call it out. It was the worst one of those in any Call of Duty possibly ever. So story sucks. It ruins a lot of the characters and their designs from the original Modern Warfare games. And it really doesn't retell the story of Modern Warfare 2 at all. At all. And then they tease, hey, the next game's gonna be no Russian. Isn't that cool? And I'm like, no! (laughs) No, it isn't! The game basically drunkenly ended with the people who made it going, it would be cool if we did this again sometime, as they vomited on my couch. And I'm gonna give my last vote to Shadows of Rose DLC for Resident Evil. Let Let me explain, okay? Resident Evil 8 ends with your daughter has grown up. Ethan's daughter has grown up. You get this interesting world where she has lived without her father and has powers. And Chris's organization has ties to her and all sorts of stuff. It could be interesting. It could go anywhere. And then we get a DLC announcement like a year and a half afterwards. They finally tell us, yeah, the, the, the DLC's about her and her powers and her dealing with this crazy stuff. And then you play the DLC. It is, I I looked at our playtime. It's like three hours and 20 minutes or something. It is completely reskinned content from the main game. It's all in a mind palace, so it isn't real. The coolest stuff all comes in at the very end. It still isn't that great. It is disappointing in virtually every way it could be. And the cherry on top That ending scene at the end of Resident Evil 8 took place after all of this. We haven't moved the timeline forward even one inch. Mm. Yeah, Uh. we did nothing. I had no idea until we played that. I was excited for this DLC. I would have been there sooner, but then Chris disliked it. And I was like, oh, apparently that's something I can uh, wait a little bit to play. I still had no idea how... You're just going through the same environments you already went through. You're doing the dollhouse segment. You're doing these parts of the castle. You're doing puzzles that are bad. It is It is really not great. We now go to Bob. Bayon S3 story. In a game where I feel like it's the most interesting and innovative action game we've seen in years. Mm-hmm. The story being this bad is unacceptable. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, I think there are two things that drag it down, right? Uh It's the technical performance and the story. Mm -hmm. And those two things work so hard to drag it down. They do. Man, I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, My next vote's going to Solstice. (laughs) I I was hyped to play this. I kept trying to go back to it after it... proceeded to make some of the worst action game decisions it could have of having various 
colored enemy types and health bars that just wouldn't end. And I eventually just had to give up on the game completely. It, it is frustrating. It's all in one environment. It all looks the same, and it's just really, really sad. Let's see. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> I've heard of that game. Not only the story stuff you were talking about, like campaign. Yeah. This multiplayer also just got the worst progression system in a Call of Duty. Yeah, and I also hate the maps. Yeah. I think it was like half of the maps are absolutely terrible and half are fine or <laughs> like a third were fine. Yeah, something like that. It's it's not a good ratio. No, it Col- is. Cold War had a much better multiplayer situation, in my opinion. All right. I got one more. Let's see. I'm going to vote for Pocky and Rocky Reshrined. Okay. Simply because I thought this was going to be them coming back and improving on the game in a lot of ways. Instead, it kind of feels like worse than previous entries, but looks nicer. Yeah. So that was pretty frustrating. Okay. So Bob's votes were Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, Pocky Rocky Reshrined, and Soul Hackers 2. No, Soul Stays. <laughs> <laughs> Bob was really disappointed by this Unity game. <laughs> One moment while we tally these votes. Okay. Sorted by how many votes they each got. Current rankings are Bayonetta 3 Story, Call of Duty Modern Modern Warfare 2, Shadows of Rose DLC for Resident Evil 8, The Last Hour of Horizon for Ben West, Disguise 6, and then the rest of these are all tied with one vote. Disguise 6, Gotham Knights, Pocking Rocky Reshrine, Soul Hackers 2, Solstice in. Scorn! Gentlemen, I think we're at a point we should reduce to two votes. But I don't know. We need some stacking. We need we need to sort this out a little better. Maybe we'll do three. We'll just do a quick three vote round. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and let uh Bob start. All right, I'm sticking with Bayonetta three. Hmm. Hmm. Solstice and Call of Duty. I'm gonna do Bayonetta three. The last hour of Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, I'm gonna have to stick with Call of Duty. Because while the Shadows of Rose DLC was really disappointing, mm-hmm. I was already not the hottest on Resident Evil 8 in the gameplay thereof. Like, I enjoy 2 Remake and 3 Remake a lot more, and I think 7 was a lot more holistically put together with the first-person perspective. So it didn't feel nearly as much like a surprise sucker punch as Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, a game I thought I was going to buy and play a shitload of. But then I tried the beta, and then I played the campaign. Uh, Chris. Bayonetta 3. Horizon. I'm gonna give a vote to Horizon. I'm more mad I spent $20 on Shadow of Rose than any of the other disappointments, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That is understandable. That really is. Yeah, I just did that and I feel really bad. (laughs) I think that's a really strong argument to put up above Call of Duty almost. (laughs) Okay, aggro. Uh, I got my money back, and I'm still voting for Scorn. (laughs) (laughs) Because now that that piece of shit exists, nobody else can make it better. That's so true. I'm voting for the last hour of Horizon Forbidden West. Because it kicked me in the balls while I was standing between it and everyone else in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I kind of want to vote for Scorn again just so it stays on the list. Oh my god, he voted for it twice. Incredible. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the power of hate can accomplish anything. 
I I don't need to imagine a ginger Palpatine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Give me one moment. We're going to tally these votes. Seems pretty simple, though. Okay, gentlemen. Currently, the lineup is Bayonetta 3 Story, The Last Hour of Horizon Forbidden West, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Scorn, Shadows of Rose, and Solstice. Man, crazy that Scorn got two votes like that. (laughs) How'd it happen? That's nuts. It's a real underdog story. (laughs) An underdog that kicked you in the nuts. (laughs) By which I mean it was under a dog. I mean it was dog shit. (laughs) So we can either do two votes each, or we could just start discussing. I think we might get something helpful out of two votes each. Mm. Sure. Sure. I'm giving it to Bayonetta 3 in the last hour of Horizon Forbidden West. That last hour of Horizon Forbidden West is really disheartening. I was so excited for Horizon 3 that I watched it take my excitement, disassemble it, and throw it in my face. (sighs) Which it would really help me to be excited about Horizon 3 because they have 17 projects set in the Horizon universe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We go next to aggro. Uh, yeah, the last hour of Horizon Forbidden West, where the where you realize that the people making the game have no idea what's cool about it, uh, and Scorn, where you realize the people making the game are monsters. <laughs> Chris, Bayonetta three and Horizon. Bob, Bayonetta three and Call of Duty. The only reason I'm not voting for Horizon here is that it disappointed me majorly one other time early in the story. Uh, which which moment was that? When the CEO, they would not show the horrible monster he became. Yeah, that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm like, I, I can't even like relegate it to only the ending. <laughs> yeah, that that feels like a ratings pull punch, right? Yes. Punch pull. The ending, at least, isn't that. <laughs> Does that make one worse than the other? Possibly. It depends on how you land on that. Right. Which one's worse? Not showing a really cool, fascinating, fucked up thing because you don't want to get your rating increased, possibly, or your budget. Or the other thing where you don't understand fundamentally what's really cool about what you're doing right now. <laughs> Some real wimp low energy. Um. Hmm. So currently, we've got two different things with three votes. Bayonetta 3 story in the last hour of Horizon Forbidden West. And two different things with one vote. And that's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and Scorn. I I genuinely, as much as I understand being disappointed in Scorn, I never expected much out of it because it was the game that spent forever in development on Kickstarter. I think it even had two Kickstarters. One of them failed. And every time they showed it, it seemed like it wasn't going to be a great game. The way it went, though, is so much worse than it could have been. They should have invented more puzzle ideas. It shouldn't have had terrible combat dragging it down. It should have had more variety in environments, I think. More fascinating plot developments and things. And I don't mean they should have had a spoken story. <laughs> That's not what it's that means. Voice acting. Yeah, the, yeah, it was really dragged down by the lack of voice acting. But I... Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is literally like imagine that Bob yeah you know as well as I do Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 and 2 and in my opinion especially 2 and other people's opinions especially 2 one of the most important first person shooters ever yeah ever it was kind of the watershed moment Modern Warfare 1 
and then two, refine that to be a perfect thing. One might call it the Final Fantasy VII of first-person shooters. And do you know how poorly it would have gone if Final Fantasy VII Remake was not at all the story of Final Fantasy VII and terrible? Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, if Resident Evil 4 Remake is anywhere near this bad. (gasps) Don't even say that! It's that level. (laughs) The fucked up thing is there's people who wanted that as, like, Resident Evil 4 remake should be the Hookman shit that they cut out. I mean, that would be that would be really cool though, because that was a different <laughs> thing they were working on, and that would be neat. I don't want it to be that, to be clear. I think that's a terrible idea. But also, Dan, uh-huh. the Final Fantasy VII of first-person shooters is Half-Life. Thank you. I'm gonna walk into the ocean. <sighs> so I, I had basically the same argument you made, Dan, but just coming from the other way. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 fucked up the remake of call of duty modern warfare 2 mm-hmm. oh no they they made a bad call of duty game i guess the average hasn't changed <laughs> God damn it! so you've got to ask yourself what was more horribly ruined by making a bad game out of it call of duty mm, pretty important culturally on the other hand you've got both the art and career of hr giger <laughs> as well as Something that is sacred to me, which is environmentally interesting puzzle games. <laughs> that is true. Oh, God, he's actually winning me over. You know why, Bob? Why is that? Because Call of Duty Vanguard. If not for Call of Duty Vanguard, I could have made the argument, well, Cold War was great, and so was Vanguard. Right, there, you'd be on the off-sweep, and so it's just continuing the downtrend. Yeah. Damn it. Uh-huh. I don't know. You had to pay 20 bucks or I had to pay 20 bucks for Shadow of Rose. Nobody paid anything for Scorn. <laughs> Except that. It's, it's free, actually. I lost years off my life playing that game. Okay. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I, I understand there was a lot of things bad about uh, how it was written and some really, really terrible lines in it. De-escalating, uh, yeah. Were there guns in it that worked? Yeah. Completely better experience than Scorn. Okay. Yeah, okay. I did have a sneaking segment. Two sneaking segments. Those were that were tr- trash. Those were really, really bad. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. This is complicated because while Agro is totally right, I want like puzzle games. I want what Scorn was supposed to be to happen, <laughs> right? And it's now standing in the way of other people doing that. In theory, as it ran in the complete opposite direction of any way it should have gone. You know what, goddammit? I mean, I mean, you know. Uh, next year, there might be a good Call of Duty. I hear there's going to be no Russian in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one would be three years out? Yeah, we're a ways from <laughs> that, that. Yeah. That part alone swings me closer to it than Scorn, because it's, it's the fucking balls <laughs> to be like, we're re-envisioning this, but don't worry. Someday we'll do the thing we said we were going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's a fair call out. Yeah. Also, there's no Call of Duty uh, this upcoming year, 2023. We already know that. Yeah, that was what they were saying <laughs> early on. And I thought someone else was leaking. Nah, actually, there is one weirdly. And I'm like, what? which is it? Okay. What's going on? I don't know anymore. Yeah, I know that we were talking about the possibility of this being the final Call of Duty if that deal went through, but it seems like that's not <laughs> happening. The the final, like, we have to spend money on this yeah, legitimately. Yeah, the final, like, fully budgeted Call of Duty. I don't understand, you guys. Why would being on a, a subscription service ruin your budget? <laughs> uh, so I, gu- I guess we need to vote which one should take third between Scorn and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. 
I'm tired of now I have money and all the Call of Duties are bad. (laughs) 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 That sucks because I didn't buy a lot of them back in the day because I couldn't afford to buy a $60 shooter every year. That was kind of largely the same. Now they showed me the blueprint for what I think would have been a really cool experience, you know, with Cold War. Where Black Ops Cold War has you do these really cool base segments where you talk to all these people, great mocap, awesome story, great character writing. Modern Warfare 2 is so far removed from that. And it's named after one of the best entries in the entire franchise. It's literally occupying the same space. I hate this game. I'm giving it to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Bob. And, and Yeah, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> hey, and scorn disappoints me one <laughs> final time. I knew he could do it. What really, what really pushes it over is like scorn's day one game pass. Obviously, there's something wrong with it. <laughs> oh That's really God. becoming the trend with day one game pass games. But high on life was the day one game pass game, and everyone said it's good. Okay. I'm pretty settled on Scorn being the runner-up and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 being third place. Does anyone want to argue a different runner-up? Shadow of the Rose is really bad, but it, like you said before, it is DLC for RE8, which was not great. Honestly, I am I feel like the only reason Shadow of Rose exists at all is because the other stuff in that DLC, the third-person mode and the new Mercenaries characters, weren't things they felt comfortable selling to you. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. By themselves, but they also so didn't they want to, to give it to you for free. Thing. Yeah. Yes, so they were like, "We have to make something fucking horrible, so we can give you the actual things anyone would want." Yeah, that is how it feels. So are you two going to try to argue up Shadow of the Rose because I might be able to? Hear no. You. Okay. <laughs> I'll let Agro had this. I'll I'll let him have it. Okay. You don't you don't want Scorn to ultimately even further disappoint. I understand. <laughs> Okay, so we have this first way tie between first place tie between Bayonetta 3 story and the last hour of Horizon Forbidden West. Let me make the argument for the last hour of Horizon Forbidden West. Now we're all aware that we're living it through the Horizon game era. <laughs> where we have a lot of projects coming up. We've got a VR game game, an MMO game, possibly a different multiplayer game being developed at Gorilla. And then we have yet another Horizon game. I think some of the stuff they set up in the second half of the story of Horizon Forbidden West, as we, you know, once again, this has been spoiled already, but we're really getting into it now. There's a fucking machine planet headed for Earth. There's all this travel through outer space and all this other stuff. I genuinely feel that was some of the coolest stuff in this universe is set up in the second half of this game. And you get the idea that it's like, Wait, are we going to take the war to them? Are we going to board the ship and go do all this cool stuff? Is this character who's a part of this class of people? Uh, oh, God, what's it? Carrie Ann Moss going to be a new character that stays and engages in an interesting way? No, we're going to have the weird mother-daughter toned argument of get in the ship. We're going to church. (laughs) And then the ending as it ultimately unfolds. I genuinely think this is a larger problem than Bayonetta 3's story to me. Bob, I need you to make the argument that Bayonetta 3's story is worse than Horizon. 
broadly, I need someone to tell me what happened in Bayonetta 3. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can try. Well, here's the starting block, and I'll let Chris go from there. So it's a multiverse. Uh-huh. And all of the Bayonettas, Bayonetta 1, Bayonetta 2, and Bayonetta 3 are different Bayonettas. Okay, that could have been interesting. Yes, it can. Okay, go ahead, Chris. I just needed to get that basic knowledge out of the way to begin with. Okay, Agro, if you're watching a story about a multiverse and the villain is a big faceless om omnipotent being who you know is a human that ascended to some form of divinity, you would obviously expect it to be a character, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's not. It's just some it's it's literally some guy. Christ. Um yeah. they kill off every single character in the entire franchise except for the scrappy do-esque <laughs> successor character who who sucks and is terrible to play as and does not deserve to be the main character. And then they made Bayonetta really straight, which people really hyper fixated on, which is and it's like the least terrible part of that story but it's still bad mm. i still because that also just comes out of nowhere i still believe once again this is a different bayonetta from the other bayonettas but i still believe the core of bayonetta's character is by like i think that's always Ye been the case yes i believe what's once again uh, voxandra.gay <laughs> famously said i don't think there's a gender gender bayonetta wouldn't beg I think she nailed it. When, when Kamiya is running around putting Gene and Bayonetta on best couples polls, and then you do this really weird thing with no buildup where Bayonetta suddenly decides she's in love with this schmuck, when he's been mostly absent for this game, they don't even use the game to build this. He's in like three scenes before this. Hmm. So the complicated thing here with this is that this is a different Bayonetta from the other Bayonettas. Yeah, I did that, but that, that just makes it, it less, make less sense. And yes, and, it's like you can't. Just, she's the Bayonetta from a universe where there was the development that made this make sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was gonna say early on the way she even talks about Cheshire is very much a tone that doesn't make sense with the other Bayonetta. Right? There's a history that's implied at all that literally cannot be. That exact guy. That's how I feel when she was talking about Cheshire early on. Now, am I going to sit here and be like, you're wrong for bringing up shit that? No, of course not. Yeah, I feel like some they did some legwork to make him the romantic interest in Bayonetta 1. And that they're trying to yeah. deliver on that. They did. Because that was a definitely a thing. A thing. It just doesn't work here in the context they put it at all. Because it's yet another part of the story. Mm -hmm. That's the really bad part that, like, once again, our villain is guy who says proper nouns. Yeah. And yeah. how you can't defeat the proper nouns. And it's inevitable. And he's destroyed you in this timeline multiple times. And the game itself is a weird uh, causal loop, even though it is a different Bayonetta and a different universe technically that you end up in to do that final battle that is the opening of the game it's like i don't think a lot of the bayonetta stories themselves i i think they're aggravating in the same way that reminds weird time loops sorry i should speak to people who are directly in the kingdom hearts fan base the kingdom hearts 3 remind dlc's time loops <laughs> to rewrite more loops into the ending of kingdom hearts 3 it's frustrating to talk about the bayonetta series in the same way as that um so yeah there is a there, there 
are there other elements of the story that need to be brought up though i'm sorry, uh, there, I'm sorry. there's also how every time they introduce a new multiverse bayonetta they kill her off within 10 minutes yeah oh, what the fuck that frustrates me more yeah. than anything else we've brought up so far yeah it's it's it, it's not even like a cool death aggro it's like an enemy a generic enemy came from behind and bopped them and now they're dead yeah big scorpion oh. dude just poked her and she exploded like one of those deals yeah it just looks like it shouldn't even have been it <laughs> and and how many times does this happen like six i feel like it happened six times like these guys just wanted to design these really cool different bayonettas because you know you get like ancient chinese warfare bayonetta and you get tokyo chic bayonetta right yeah and and they all just like stick around for about 10 to 20 minutes and then just job in fact there's a serious argument for the biggest job of 2022 is bayonetta yeah no that needs to be yeah. on there i'm adding it i'm gonna go add that while the rest of this happens <laughs> yeah okay imagine the last hour of horizon forbidden west but the clone of aloy is established as the new main character and every other character dies. I'm kind of interested. And every I'm other like, thing. What genre are we switching to? No, every other thing happens the exact same way. Oh. I, oh no! Don't worry, Agar. She also like picks up dead Aloy's bow and be like, she, "It's, it's, it's oh going to be the same. She, it's going to be the same. She's just bad now." Do it again, Chris. <laughs> Reference that movie again. She's just going to Matrix download how to use a bow. Yes. <laughs> what reference? Beer what reference? Reference Beer Fest. <laughs> yes. Where the guy, where uh, where the, the the fat guy character dies, and then his twin brother shows up and says, "But I, but his long lost twin brother <laughs> shows up and is like, can can you just can you just call me by his name and pretend like all the things you did with him happened with me, so we can just we can just pretend I've always been him, and they all agree." Yeah, yeah, that's how that. And then, gone. and then and then and then, the, and then the scene right after that is showing him having sex with his dead brother's wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i need triple a games to get into this exact Look, <laughs> story if, if you if, if members of the audience if you haven't seen beer fest you should go watch that movie <laughs> uh do a double feature night over here at giga boots hq uh the aquatine hunger force movie Pla what was it plant plantasm i yeah, think plantasm and uh beer fest there we go that's our game of the year break <laughs> I hate that I just added Bayonetta to Biggest Jobber. That, that's awful. It's that never it's so happen. painful that we that we got two games in the same year where it's like you destroyed where the franchise can go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and I know people are thinking it, so I'm going to say it. There is a distinct possibility in that sort of post credits. She's in the you know lobby with Rodon that her parents are alive and that killing the the nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, wouldn't it have been good if her parents literally sunk in the swamp from the never-ending story? They basically did, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, you have to care. We need you for the sequels. They're like, nope, bye. Oh, okay, you know what? I'm actually gonna throw in with Horizon should win. And okay. here's why. Okay. It is really easy for Platinum to walk the story of Bayonetta 3 back. They've it already seems like they might be setting up their desperation escape move 
with that Bayonetta Origins game. Yeah, that does feel like it. There's there's no way there's no way for Horizon to walk what they did back. It's impossible. It, it doesn't work in the setting. There's <laughs> mm-hmm. no way for them to do it. They're fully committed to it. It's ruined. I, I have legitimately entertained that Horizon Three opens on Aloy waking up and going, "I had the weirdest dream." And I shamefully have decided that I would go with that. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, that would always be better. I want to hold out hope that Horizon 3 is set 100 years later and no longer has oh, our That line. would be awesome. That would kind of be awesome. Would, like that, if the as, opening cutscene is us just getting wrecked. Yes. We, we need to give the audience some context for Horizon yeah, Forbidden I want, West. I want to hear, yeah. real quick though, I want to hear Aggro make the argument because so far I've done a lot of the talking here and I, I know Aggro is the biggest fan of Horizon on the podcast network. Aggro, you describe what the last hour is and why it's so upsetting. You spend the entire game in Horizon Forbidden West with the and I, I fucking called it from the first game and it was so cool where they're like oh yeah all those people that left on the spaceship that got destroyed they're coming back and they're super powered because they have all been alive for 5,000 years and the last hour of this game is us just shit wrecking all of them they're all dead everyone's dead fucking what's the name of the planet that Orson Welles played in Transformers Omnicron Unicron Unicron, Unicron. Turns out Unicron is the internet and it's coming this way and we have to leave the planet. Then you fucking fight Carrie Ann Moss in a Warframe and we just, I, it's even hard to keep straight because of how surmountingly stacked every new dumb twist is. (laughs) So now we have to take a early pre-industrial society and we have what, like, was it, was it five years at the end of the game to get them ready they didn't give us a time it took 13 years i think for for the colonists to get there and i don't see why this fuck why fucking space broly should be able to get there faster (laughs) well they did say it was hot on their trail like it didn't it didn't seem like it hadn't left yet and i think if you i think they gave you the tools through what they said to determine that it is somewhere around five years i don't think it's the full oh, 13 God. yeah that's the most unexciting part because once again if the horizon 3 started a hundred years from now that would that would be awesome so you've got gaia online with most of the modules <laughs> you've got the, the the terraforming settled the 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 robots you can make the robots you've pretty much got that on under control and now there's a machine planet headed towards you and there is no way to have a horizon game after this because you now control the machine factories and you're fighting a robot planet. What the fuck is that game going to be? They're they're it's going to it's going to fucking come it's going to crash to earth and take control of most of the fucking facilities and just reestablish the same fucking status quo that was there before. Yeah. God, that would be the lamest possible version. Like the the only way the only thing they can do that wouldn't be fucking lame is cuz they have the sum of all human knowledge back because that was deleted in the first game or in the in the backstory is like like we said when we talked about it on big thing to mention the only way for it to still be cool is like society moved forward like 300 years in this 5 years because now we have these massive production plants and all the education software again mhm and when when you but, do that it's now a different game yeah like it just has to be mechanically basically and you can't trust them to do that so they're just setting up for the oh no 
the the space AI showed up and took over everything. Quick, Aloy, go unite the tribes to fight Skynet. Who will be using the same robot dinosaurs from before. Yeah. Mm. Didn't they even establish that they destroyed their means of space travel so they cannot go anywhere? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe the ship was dependent on Carrie-Anne Moss to move at all. Okay. No, I don't think that's or true no, because did, uh, yeah, did, uh, Lance, Reddick Lance, Reddick, Lance Reddick was trying to leave and then he's like, I decided I'd stay and help a little longer. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, yet another element of what makes this so terrible is you know we're going to boot Horizon 3 and have to relive this last hour in the game as it just runs us through those events again. And we just go, please stop recapping your wild bender. I'm just so annoyed. (laughs) I just I keep holding out hope that through all of this, these terrible decisions, through the morass of of what this future might hold for the series, where we left off at the end of Forbidden West might lead us to the Osaram with fucking exosuits. Hmm. And that's just fucking cool. I wonder what that DLC is going to do. Like, if that's going to move the the needle at all on actual plot that matters, or if it's yeah, just gonna... that's that's going to be a real fascinating look into where they're going. It'll be great because the uh, PSVR two comes out at the end of February, so we get that Horizon game then. Or wait, no, is it going to be the same thing as Frozen Wilds, where it takes place before the end of the game? Oh, right, that is how Frozen Wilds was supposed to go, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Oh, good, another DLC where nothing can happen. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this DLC is just going to develop the CEO era. Area. Stop! Stop making D- DLC for first player games that takes place in the middle of the story what the fuck is that i don't know technically that's also shadows of rose (laughs) it's fine sometimes like the shivering isles in oblivion was fine because that's like if you're making a a single player game with like a linear normal story absolutely do not do not do this put it after put it after yeah yeah, there's just literally free time after the end of Horizon 2. So I feel like it's crazy for them to be like, no, we have to put this in the middle of it somewhere. Yeah. Especially since there's like, they'd have to make up an entirely new threat for it to be it during the story. And at least if they said it after, it can be about getting the last module back because they still don't have that one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Hephaestus. Yeah. Hephaestus, yeah. Uh, this is a weird part to append this. Uh, guys, are we all okay with also giving Shadows of Rose a runner-up? Because I remember the part where Resident Evil 5's DLC flashback stuff was actually really cool. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, Resident Evil games have cool DLC. Like, 7 had the awesome Joe Baker stuff. Yeah, no, this is probably the worst DLC for Resident Evil, which is kind of crazy. Wasn't mm. Ada's campaign in yeah. 6 DLC? That's what I was thinking. They sold... Uh, Oh, God, what was her partner's name? The Nobody? Yeah, I don't think he actually had a speaking role, so he didn't get a name. But yeah, that that was pretty bad, but I'm just saying, we can give two runners up. We can be like right. Scorn and Shadows of Rose. Sure. Participation okay. trophies are cheap because we don't have to put your name on them. <laughs> uh, that's true. So I, I guess at the end of this, where we're sitting is, I didn't play Pejaneta, so that's not a wound that I have. So I'm going to sit over here on Horizon, and there's an odd number of you to vote for the rest of it. I'm going to give my vote to Horizon. I think that the reason that Bayonetta is worse is the Bayonetta story is bad throughout. Like, the entire time, it's doing that thing, killing a Bayonetta, and making the story bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and that's horribly frustrating. Where most of the bad decisions in her in, in Horizon are delegated to the ending. Yeah, I got most of a really great game, and then that happened. Yeah, but there's something there's something to really be said for something was bad and continually disappointing all the way throughout. And we built the Jenga tower and then just punched it like a moron. Because <laughs> I I think there was a lot of really cool stuff in her Forbidden West when it came to you know machine planet AI thing, uh, the elites who escaped and how much they suck. And Carrie Ann Moss is pretending she's not like the others. <laughs> She's like, they suck. I, I, you know, I'm not that anymore. And I'm like, you sure? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chris, how do you feel? Oh, God. <laughs> Chris Wolfart is tiebreakerman. And then we get the Death Stranding you mugging to the camera. I, I have to go with the logic I used before. Both, both ruined their franchises. But Bayonetta at least has the uh, the potential to do anything and have in a Bayonetta game, so they can walk it back. They can't walk back Horizon. Horizon's just ruined. <laughs> yeah, I feel like d- Bob didn't they state an intent to make more Bayonettas now? Yes, I, I believe Kamiya said several times that he continues or plans to continue making Bayonettas. <laughs> and someone was like, "Oh man, I I didn't think they would do that." Yeah, it's Jeff like- Gersman, I was like, I think was saying <laughs> like, "No, the, the six Bayonettas total, I don't think so." It's like, dude, it's their only successful game. What are you talking about? Let, let them make one where the story isn't bad, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Give them the room. Yeah, that's the logic I break down with, too, of like Bayonetta 4, I don't think is at all tied to 3. Yeah, especially with this origin thing in between. I'm really starting to worry that uh, maybe maybe the common thread between all these Bayonetta games having a terrible story is Hideki Kamiya. Shock. Yeah. Tell me the guy who probably wrote Devil May Cry 1 can't write. <laughs> Devil May Cry 1 is so much fucking better than any Bayonetta story. I'd kill to have a Bayonetta game with as good a story as Devil May Cry 1. So that's when Cheshire breaks down the door with his motorcycle and Bayonetta goes, huh, let's get to work, boys. And then kicks her guns at him and the motorcycle flies away. Yeah, no, I also agree, just to be clear. But yeah, I'm sorry, Bob. We're going to have to give this to Horizon. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand without judgment or agreeing <laughs> um so let me get these in order and there we go that means biggest disappointment of 2022 the runners up are shadows of rose dlc for resident evil 8 and scorn followed up by third place going to call of duty modern warfare 2 second place going to bayonetta 3 story and the most disappointing thing in gaming for 2022 is the last hour of Horizon Forbidden West. Thank you to all of our nominees. Oh, that felt really good. <laughs> <sighs> it's like I'm walking away from a sky burial, just mm, eaten by buzzards. <laughs> Next category, a fascinating one, and I feel like an easy one. Fakest trailer of 2022. The nominees are... Bloody Hell Hotel, Infinity Nikki, Seven Deadly Sins Origin first trailer, and Honor of Kings, colon, World. <laughs> we get two votes each since there are only four nominees. We're going to start with Bob. I'm going to have to go with Bloody Hell Hotel, which is hilarious. Just watch this. It's filled with tons and tons of just pre-canned animations they're pretending is a game. It's just, it's <laughs> nothing but that. Yeah. <laughs> And Infinity Nikki. There is so much in this. It cannot be real. <laughs> it's fantastic. 
I really love all the stuff in the Infinity Nikki trailer, but it's literally someone someone said, hey, can you list a thing on our weird demographics like uh, research data that women like? <laughs> like girls specifically, young girls? Okay, put all of that in the trailer. It's kind of unreal, and I genuinely would love this game if it were real in the least. Yeah, I'm, I'm super hype. I'd buy that day one if it were real. 100 fucking percent. Uh, we're going to go next to Chris. Infinity Nikki and and Seven Deadly Sins Origins just looks so fucking fake. <laughs> yeah, yes. the first trailer especially is insane. <laughs> They're both real bad, but th 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 it's... it's it, it, <laughs> It's like on the level of like, here's our game. It's Grand Theft Auto, but you can go anywhere in the world. <laughs> like, it's that level of fake. So what you're saying is it feels like watching the Identity trailer or Identify trailer, where it's like, yeah, these uh, two in-game characters are going to communicate to you via the PlayStation Eye camera. You're going to help them with their investigation. All of this will work, actually. <laughs> It's like if there was a trailer for C-Man that was trying to convince you he was actually sentient. <laughs> How was work today? It's a shame the Taco Bell customers treat you like that. I agree, C-Man. <laughs> I deserve respect. Uh, aggro. I know you guys talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I, I should have gone to watch it then. So I'm, I'm telling everyone listening now that you need to go see it. You are not prepared for the Infinity Nikki trailer. <laughs> no one is! Oh my god. I, I kept waiting for it to tell me that lonely singles were in my area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that 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 is uh that, that trailer might be a virus. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Uh, in, in a similar vein, I'm gonna have to give my other vote to Bloody Hell Hotel. It it looks like the Super Saiyan 3 form of fake mobile game ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Nobody's like working out and getting strength points appearing above their head before some busty chick comes in and they get jumped by zombies before they can make out. But yeah, it definitely has that. This this isn't a game. What are you showing me? Energy. I really didn't think there was going to be anything coming out to knock Seven Deadly Sins off the top of that list. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Honor of Kings looks like a trailer trying really hard to pretend it's not an MMO. <laughs> uh, Honor of Kings is de is super fake, but it's fake in that way of the game when it comes out might look even remotely like this with many features scaled down. Hmm. Like, like I said, Honor Worlds is like, you could see the real version of that that's much less impressive, but is clearly the ideas. But Infinity Nikki's like, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, what do you do in this game? Uh, Everything? This, a game like this has never existed, I know, because it, it would have been made by Mattel. I feel like it would have had some strong branding and been more popular than Minecraft and Fortnite combined. This game is clearly the super game. There was no other. This is what the quadruple A game at Sega is. Ugh, <laughs> uh, man. I have to vote now. Uh, I'm going to have to give it to Infinity Nikki. That's so obvious. That thing's incredible. Mm -hmm. It is not just the fidelity of what is being shown, but the ceaseless amount of novel, completely separate, compartmentalized ideas for what the game is. Yeah, the scope for the game seems to shift at random. Like, she can become giant, she can go miniature, and everything's still fully rendered. It's insane. 
the lack of consistent physics, all of the jumps she clearly misses, and they just cut the footage. <laughs> and the sheer amount of outfits they have for Infinity Nikki just in this trailer. Like, it really is exceptional, the scope and fidelity of this fake-ass trailer. Aside from that, I'm, I'm sorry. I hate to do this to us. I really do. I'm going to have to give it to the Seven Deadly Sins Origin trailer. I laughed way harder at that than Fair. Bloody Hell Hotel. Bloody Hell Hotel uh, is also obviously super fake. But I feel like Seven Deadly Sins for me just took it even more because it clearly is like, what if Genshin, but Uncharted 4? <laughs> like, there's a real energy to it that's like, uh, uh, no, that hasn't happened because you can't. <laughs> and see... You could, if Tencent was like, we're spending more money than the human race has ever spent on a single media project ever <laughs> on this game, it is going to be an open world game with the same amount of fidelity and polish as Uncharted 4. I would entertain that was possible. They're not doing that for Seven Deadly Sins. No, I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that, that branding makes it even more insane. <laughs> it's, uh, for me, I think the thing that pushes it over, okay? Is Bloody Hell Hotel what we saw could be the intro and the actual game would just be different mm. and people would be okay with that. And I don't think <laughs> Seven Deadly Sins Origin, <laughs> if it ships, could have what we saw in that first trailer as the intro and people would be like, yeah, the game's totally like that, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about this. I don't know if that's valid, though. I don't know if that makes it more candidate worthy i mean it, it really i guess comes down to what you consider makes something a faker trailer like like bloody bloody hell hotel is clearly more divorced from gameplay it, it, it's more of a yes. fantasy whereas seven deadly sins is more of a lie <laughs> I, I don't know bloody hell hotel puts the prompts is if it were gameplay like it puts that everywhere it has the things highlighted as if you were actually doing a, a gameplay segment so it feels like a bigger lie in that sense. Yeah, I. Mm. But yeah, they, I, mean, I, I feel like they're winking harder with Bloody Hell Hotel. Like, I don't think they expect me to believe it, or yeah. they think I'm way dumber than I think they think I. I believe it though. That's yeah. that is true. It's really depressing. What a good industry we work with in that belief the trailer was real. Normally we don't do this, but I'm willing to say. We can have two second places this time. <laughs> no, that feels that feels like cowardice. Okay, okay, okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm, mm -hmm. I'm willing to switch to Bloody Hell, Hell Hotel because at least there is a game that Seven Deadly Sins is trying to trick you into thinking it is. Bloody Hell Hotel is just bizarre. Yeah, Bloody Hell Hotel legitimately, like, they make this look like it's a first-person game where you interact with objects in this way, because they do the outlines like you expect in a lot of video games to make objects that you can interact with pop out, right? Right. But realistically, this game could ship and be, like, theme park tycoon. Mm-hmm. That's why I was thinking mobile game ad. Okay, yeah, I guess it could be that, but then it's just, then it's maliciously bad. <laughs> I mean, whatever this game is, it's not going to have you individually put the panels down on the floor when you repair a hole. I know, right? You're not going to grab your, like, cart full of, like, different utilities to fix the place and clean it up and whip down the hall as it swerves left and right. 
Like this this game cannot be like this trailer shows. And the fact they put a tiny circle in the middle of the screen like it was gameplay really does make it insulting. And even though that worked on some people, <laughs> I don't think it's fair to be this disingenuous to all of us because IGN bought it. So yeah, maybe maybe I am leaning towards Bloody Hell Hotel. Because I guess at the end of the day, what I expect out of Seven Deadly Sins when it ships, and I think you even start to see this a little in that second trailer, mm-hmm. is that the fidelity will be nowhere near what they showed. Yeah, like it'll still be that uh, generally that shape of game. You will go underwater and swim, and that will be fine. Yeah, you won't have the immaculate animation of swimming. <laughs> you, the, you, the won't, you won't be, as it turns out, the Uncharted 4 premiere trailer with the 16 <laughs> frames per second bullshit. How many grains of sand are in <laughs> Seven Deadly Sins? So yeah, I guess I guess I'm I'm, I'm willing to change over to Bloody Hell Hotel because you're right. That is, it's just going to be fidelity going down. It will still be the same shape of game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then that makes it Infinity Nikki, Bloody Hell Hotel, and Seven Deadly Sins. Does that sit right with everyone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Well, fakest trailer of 2022 goes to Infinity Nikki because of course. <laughs> but second place is Bloody Hell Hotel. Third place is Seven Deadly Sins Origin. And uh, honorable mention goes to Honor of Kings, colon, World. <laughs> Okay, the next category, the 7th Gen Game Award. This is an award given to games to uh, showcase their excellence in being a 7th Gen game. The nominees are Bayonetta 3, Elix 2. Don't take it out on me. That's how they say it in the game. It's Elix, not Elix. Ghostwire Tokyo. Really? Gotham Knights, High on Life, Scorn, and Shadow Warrior 3. We get three votes. I'll go ahead and let Chris open the floor and feel free to make your arguments. It's a shame that this is the year we started this award Mm. because High on Life came out this year. (laughs) High on Life is a first-person shooter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel very good. Mm -hmm. It runs out of content about 40% of the way through. Yeah, It has lots of scenes where they lock you in place and force you to watch something happening because... Because making an actual cutscene requires, like, cinematography and thought. And they can just have two characters vaguely look in each other's directions and speak and force you to watch it. And that counts as a cutscene. Yeah. And it's really brain dead and has fucking terrible humor. And it ends and it has a really, really shitty sequel hook at the end. Yeah, that is a very 7th gen thing to to throw in that incredibly beating you over the head i mean even the the achievement is called sequel hook or whatever sequel bait and they give you that before you can even remotely hit the sequel bait so so yeah that that's one Mm -hmm. uh gotham knights is something that spent way too long in development and the the shambling corpse obviously slumped out of the fucking (laughs) studio (laughs) with a bunch of car batteries hooked into it so it could move for even a second which is very 7th gen. Yeah, if I close my eyes, you just described Duke Nukem Forever. I would believe this was developed to be released on the PS3. <laughs> y- yeah. We don't know when the start of development. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. Last, last one's rough. I also think there's a certain energy to Gotham Knights when you hear that they were making a Jason Todd game or whatever, and then they just change completely to make this instead because the 
DC was like, no, nah, that's not popular enough. Yeah, and they also seem to have ruined the entire game design because they needed a multiplayer thing, which is very 7th Gen. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Elix 2. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Elix 2. Elix 2 is almost indistinguishable from Two Worlds 2. <laughs> a 7th Gen Western RPG I picked up and was like, well, this, I get, unlike a lot of stuff, this has flavor, so I guess I'll keep eating it. <laughs> Sometimes there's a piece of broken glass, but I can, I can pick that out of my mouth. It's fine. That was the one where you could make your own spells, right? Yes. Okay, that's, that's great. Uh, Agro, have you seen Elix 2? I heard you talking about it, and I've seen a couple of screenshots so far. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a clip like a timestamp of Elix 2 real quick. Uh, Bob and I uh, actually streamed this yesterday, or actually really early today is more accurate. Uh, there's there's some Elix 2. Feel free to click uh, around. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go next. Elix 2. The reason why. Elix 2 is absolutely a game we would have quick played in 2012 on the 360, and maybe or maybe not one of us would have fallen asleep during the quick play because the game's that bland. <laughs> it is absolutely hideous artistically. Every human who came by the stream was like, why is this Fortnite? <laughs> because it just looks like mountains and trees in a generic flat plane. Your main character is Cole McGrath with the tiniest amount of industrial grade trailer park dripped on his face. There is just an energy to this game that's sloppy. It's hideous. The gameplay doesn't match any of the stuff going on in it world-wise or anything else. Like, you, you know, we got these aliens invading. They're trying to terraform the Earth, et cetera, et cetera. The dialogue really reflects this some of the time. There's some weird dialogue energy going on where none of it actually ever fully makes sense. And then we just take our lead pipe, the only weapon we got in the first hour and a half that we could wield because we didn't have high enough stats for anything else, and we go hit a rat. And then we walk 10 feet, and then a raptor kills us. <laughs> and then we walk 20 feet, and then there's a mech that vaporizes us in one shot, and instead of saying, you died, it just pops up with, end. <laughs> <laughs> This, this game is the most intensely 7th gen game I've experienced since 7th gen. It is really something. I You could have changed the main character from being Cole McGrath core. You could have made the only thing that makes this difference from a 7th gen game, the only way you could observe that it isn't, is that it runs well, especially in performance mode, and it's way too high of res. If you decimated this down to 720p and made it run at 23 frames per second, even I would fall for it. I mean, like, yeah, of course, that looks like something that was on the PS3 or 360 and just some Eurojank game I've never heard of. Having given it to that, I'm giving my other vote to High on Life. As Chris said, it's a bad feeling first person shooter. I believe Bob phrased it best when he said it feels worse than Borderlands 1. Like it feels about Borderlands 1 level of gameplay, but without cool powers. And it's all in service of the, the comedy. And th that is a level of hubris that I feel really fits in that 7th gen energy. High on Life absolutely is a 7th gen game. As Chris said, it runs out of content about 40% through, so you're revisiting old areas while they just try their comedy routines on you. And that sequel hook really does hit you over the head. I think High on Life is one of the strongest. If Elix 2 wasn't right there, <laughs> it would be my number one pick for 7th gen game of the year. They really are like the two different 
breeds of seventh gen game where it's like the high on life would be something that in seventh gen we would have to endure being called triple a yes meanwhile elix is like the thing that crawled out of the ooze (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely i'm gonna save my third vote for now i want to hear some arguments for the other stuff we're gonna we're gonna go to bob next bob yeah high on life of course yeah of course this is literally, they've weaponized Half-Life 2's format. And that's what 710 was all about. That is true, yeah. That is very true. It also takes itself surprisingly serious for a two hours straight. Yeah. Which is also very 7th gen. It's brutal. It's brutal when we hit that this is the serious moment. Take me seriously. Um, I put Ghostwire on this list. I'm going to have to vote for it. Okay. As I talked about on, on Big Think... This thing feels like Assassin's Creed 1 level of open world stuff, open world activities to do. And that's horrible. In that it's cool and there's a bunch of different things to do? or No, there's in fact four different activity types and you do them repeatedly until the game's over. <laughs> oh. Also, it's a really bad feeling first person shooter. So it's like two f- formats of 7th Gen stuck together. Okay. But it has really cool art, so that's the only thing that like p- prevents us from being fully seventh gen. Okay. Yeah, my final vote's going to Gossip Knights. That's we already went over it. This is just a, a nightmare that's mostly made from scope that got out of hand. Like, there's a different cutscene for playing as every single character of a four character <laughs> cast. That's, that's ludicrous. Yeah, that's disgusting. For for nothing. Yeah. For nothing. It's also locked at 30 on PS5 and looks miserable. It looks worse than some PS3 games. It looks worse than the previous Arkham game. Yeah, it looks worse than the previous two Arkham games. Yeah. Like, it looks way worse than the PS4 Arkham game. I believe Arkham Knight, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I played some of Arkham Knight because Digital Foundry did a whole video about how fucking terrible Gotham Knights looks compared to Arkham Knight. I'm like, damn, this game's real cool and has stuff. <laughs> Gotham Knights doesn't seem like it has stuff. It doesn't seem like it has much of anything. No. It has three man bats. Oh, sorry. Five man bats. <laughs> Ooh. That's most man bats in a Batman game. Okay. Well, with those three votes out of the way, we have to go to aggro. I mean, high on life for the sweep. I, <laughs> to be clear... I didn't play this game. I didn't watch either of your streams of this game. I watched the gameplay footage they released thinking, you know, even if all of the writing in this game is terrible, it looks like it's going to be an intense sensory experience. And maybe this would be like a fun, bad thing. to. And then I watched the gameplay and I went, that's a PS3 game. Nope. <laughs> The High on Life versus Resistance 2 oh. spoiler Ah, oh, God, why are you making me praise Resistance 2? I know, it's like the only <laughs> thing that Resistance 2 gets Ooh. to clear easily. <laughs> oh, oh, that from based on everything you've said on Resistance 2, that's damning. <laughs> yeah. Resistance 2 was a bad insomniac game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh the, God, that's the, true. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. When, 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 you, when, you, when you think about what High on Life is, it's almost like um, I don't know. Randy Pitchford from a different universe, who was the Joker in that universe, came over here to make a game. <laughs> God. Uh, my second vote has got to go to Gotham Knights, a, a 
an idea that got ripped apart by by the industry and was released as a weird husk. <laughs> it's, it's very seventh gen, collapsed under its own scope. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I've been watching this video you sent me of Elix Two, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think this is the point where we're gonna have to open the discuss like. <laughs> you, you, you watch a game trailer for Steam or on Kickstarter and you're like, ah, this person has very clearly designed this game to look like a Super Nintendo game. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I think, I really think we need to stop calling 7th Gen retro. We, we need a different term for it so we can refer to games that look like this. This is a 7th Gen D-make. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal Engine 3. <laughs> I'm currently watching you do the Oblivion lockpick minigame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's just in there. I don't know why. <laughs> this, this, this was intentionally 7th Gen core. Yeah. If not through realizing what that aesthetic is and striving for it, then through the sheer strength of core uh, principles and ideas that the studio <laughs> holds still to this day. I mean, this is some like I'm watching you walk across objects on the ground and the game can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> it is very PS3. Also worth noting the the main character and the former villain from the first game are both bald. I'm just throwing that out there. That he, that's... He's even got the one shoulder Cole McGrath pack on. Yeah. What gender are we going to have to get to when fanny packs are just going to become the thing <laughs> main characters wear? I'm surprised we're not in the middle of that right now. Yeah. Oh, God, it could start any moment now. Mm-hmm. It goes with the whole pink and blue neon aesthetic we've been getting. So I assume your third vote's going to Helix oh, 2. Oh, yes, that's definitely Helix 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, but it feels like we have some three really standout leaders in this category and Ghostwire Tokyo. <laughs> I understand it being cut. I just had to say it. Right. That's okay. There are three other games that got cut. Bayonetta 3, Scorn, and Shadow Warrior 3. I am curious in the argument for Shadow Warrior 3, having not played it myself. Chris, I assume you brought Shadow Warrior 3? Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't track compared to anything else on this list. Yeah, no, I can't step to this. That's that's <laughs> definitely just true. Okay, sorted by votes. Uh, currently, first place is High on Life. Second place is Elix Two. Third place is Gotham Knights, and fourth place, rudder up or honorable mention with one vote is Ghostwire Tokyo. I feel like this list is correct. I feel like it is all in the correct order already. Here's why I didn't vote for Gotham Knights. Okay. The ruination of a game that should be a single-player experience for the nebulous online-slash-multiplayer experience and loot box thing is absolutely a staple of 8th gen more so than 7th. It is the Destiny Brain Rot. Hmm. But the Destiny Brain Rot started with PS3. With what? Destiny. <laughs> Destiny came out in 2014. It is a PS3 game, but it didn't define the generation. It came out a year after it ended. But Dan Gotham Knights also was in development hell forever. Obviously got butchered. Will probably destroy the studio that made it. That's true. That didn't happen a lot during 8th Gen because of all the studios that happened to in 7th Gen. <laughs> it's a licensed game that we were told is very important and will definitely be good. Yeah. And 
J just the thing Bob did at the end of the final boss feels like the most seventh gen thing in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, Bob's done locking the final boss in a Western action game by doing the heavy attack and nothing else is pretty seventh gen. Dang it. <laughs> we do have an interesting spread here where it seems like Gotham Knights was made accidentally seventh gen by the industry going wrong. Elix 2 was made intentionally 7th gen by an insane person. <laughs> and High on Life leapt out of a time portal from a different timeline and is actually a 7th gen game. Elix 2 has a, is very 7th gen core, but that's just Eurojank. That's just a Eurojank company trying to make a, a serious game. You've just described Horizon. I don't... <laughs> <sighs> yeah, okay, fine. I... If everyone's unanimous, then I can see bringing Elix 2 down just because, as Agro said, Gotham Knights is something they slipped and fell into, which was a hell cavern. Bob? Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Elix 2, there's, like, intent. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted this. Yes. Chris? Yeah, Gotham Knights. Also, Elix 2 has performance in its quality settings. Gotham That's does true. it. <laughs> That is a distinctly ah. modern feature that Gotham Knights does not have. You know, now that you pointed that out, unassailable. Yeah. Obviously, Elix 2 is the more modern game. Yes. Hard lock. <laughs> well, that makes the winner of our 7th Gen Game Award high on life, followed up by second place going to Gotham Knights, the game without performance settings. <laughs> and Elix 2, the game that was just born this way. <laughs> uh, Runner-up, Ghostwire Tokyo. Thank you once again to all of our nominees. You tried your hardest. Some of you are defined by how try-hard you are. We now move on to the next category, games that shipped too early. The nominees are Babylon's Fall. Was that ever going to finish? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this car doesn't have wheels. It's not going to get there. Look. Shipping too early off could have been to be defined as it should have been canceled. <laughs> oh, sh uh, hmm. Callisto Protocol, Freedom Planet 2, High on Life, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, River City Girls 2, Stranger of Paradise, Soul Hackers 2, and Valkyrie Elysium. I'm going to open voting with Bob. Sure. You get four votes. Okay, that's a lot. I'm going to have to give it to River City Girls 2. Uh-huh. That's a game that came out really late this year that I can't nominate for anything else because I will not play it in its current state. That was almost me and Freedom Planet, but they corrected the frame rate. Right. And they figured that out eventually. I don't even know when they fixed the camera. <laughs> but it looks nice now. Right. Thank you. What happened with River City Girls 2? Yeah. What happened? It has bizarre frame rate issues where the whole game looks like it's running wrong. It's like unplayable levels of you screwed this up. I forget. Is this also made in Unity? Yes. So it's the yes. same Unity problem that the Actor yep. Azure remake is ruined by that Freedom Planet suffered from. Mm. The cool thing is the newer versions of Unity fix this. So hopefully anytime now they'll stop shipping games like this. Yeah. Anytime now. I will also vote in for Freedom Planet 2. Okay. Because again, <laughs> sure launched in a way it shouldn't have. We waited for this game for years. Yeah. How did you not delay it a few months and fix this one glaring issue? Or even it could have been a few weeks because it could have happened by the end of the first month that was out. I don't know, though. 
No one shot the gun to let us know that they fixed the camera scroll. Because for people who don't know, the camera would update at a different refresh rate from the game. So it would literally look like it was dropping frames, but it is rendering entirely new frames. It's exclusively the camera that hitches. So a game that elsewise could look really smooth and pretty just looked terrible and kind of felt bad because of it. Next vote goes to Babylon's Fall. They shouldn't have released this game. They just shouldn't have. I would does, argue does that, that that doesn't really qualify. Count? I I think that should be its own category. <laughs> <laughs> I think if there's no amount of additional time that would fix it. Yeah, Bob's trying to leave them in the in the pit. <laughs> it's like it shipped too early. Get back in there. <laughs> I guess if it should never ship any shipping at any point is by definition too early. This is, I mean, this is spoiler warning. That is going to be my argument when I vote for high on life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> We're going to have to invent a new category next year. Games that should have been canceled. Yeah, apparently. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be fucked up when that has to be sponsored by Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't get off that easy. <laughs> uh, you have one more vote, Bob. Mm, I'm just going to save my last one. Nothing else okay. is really jumping out at me. Uh, I think this is a really easy category, so I'm going to go next. You ready for this? Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is a game that starts with the word Pokemon, so of course it was shipped too fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was mm. thinking it was like they couldn't have delayed it long enough to fix those issues, but they could have. I they... feel like one more year and they probably could have figured it out. Mm -hmm. But the, the the thought of delaying it is insane. They already shipped a, like a mainline shaped Pokemon game this year. Yeah. We didn't need to. No one they needed They could have this. pushed Arceus Legends to, to fall and shipped this next fall. And I think this is legitimately going to damage the reputation of Pokemon in the mainstream view. So the next game probably will sell less. This really is the first time normal people, and I'm defining normal people as People who aren't plugged into the game journalism cycle, they play certain franchises and very rarely go out of them. The first time, like, those people, solo Switch players, like, man, this game runs bad. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. This is a Pokemon game. It's it's too important to be doing that. And it's worth, it's worth noting that, like, Pokemon is the only Nintendo franchise that didn't see 200 to 300% increases in sales on the Switch. Everything else got that level of an increase. Everything. Pokemon went up a little bit, but you got you got to wonder if somebody at Nintendo's like, why did Pokemon go up twenty percent and Mario went up four hundred? Because Pokemon's already that good, baby. <laughs> Mario now sells twice as much as Pokemon. I mean, you can't hold everything up to Mario Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> if Pokemon Scarlet and Violet ran well, I could. <laughs> uh, damn it, he's right. Um. <laughs> Okay, the next obvious one, Callisto Protocol. That game ain't done. You didn't polish that. It's busted on so many platforms. The Xbox platforms just don't have working ray tracing? What is up with that? The PC version had insane shader compilation stutter that made it completely unplayable. That thing should not have remotely shipped in the state it did. And that ruined Alex Battaglia. <laughs> That game should have been really cool, and as I understand, aside from technical and glitch and other performance stuff, it also maybe needed to be baked a little bit longer on certain gameplay elements like all of it. Um, I wouldn't know, though. I'm not coming near it. 
because the PC version's that bored. And the, and the console versions have problems too. Freedom Planet 2. I was ready to play this and review it at launch and do a cool spoiler cast. And then the camera didn't work right at all. And I'm like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> like I waited eight fucking years for you to make a sequel or something. And then you can't even get the camera to move smoothly. Like that was so upsetting to me. So yeah, I just, that I deleted that game out of my brain. Just no longer relevant. Bye. See ya. They should have delayed that. That shouldn't have happened. Um, I'm going to say something and there's going to be a giant asterisk on this. And this is my fourth vote. Okay. Brace yourselves. In a world, in a world where Square Enix gave more money for development and more resources for development for Stranger of Paradise to hit a rock solid 60 at any point, I think more time would have helped it hit that. <laughs> Even ju just having more time would have helped. They obviously had to push that out so fucking unoptimized. Even delaying it six months. Yeah, they even fixed some of the stuff like three or six months out with updates. Mm-hmm. That obviously should have been there at launch. Yeah, I think this is also the fastest we've seen the turnaround from betas to game release for for them. For Team Ninja? Yeah, for Team Ninja. Yeah. Because usually there was yeah. a bit more of a delay, so they could actually have time to fix anything. Yeah, and I, I was pretty disheartened by that because I, I checked out the demos, and I the first demo was rough, and I was like, certainly the second one will nail it. And the second one did not. Like, the performance still wasn't fixed there. And uh, the VRR update wasn't even out on PlayStation yet, if I remember correctly. So I uh, had to choose between playing on Xbox to get the VRR or just not playing the game. And uh, so <laughs> that's how I ended up there. Very unfortunate. I think Stranger of Paradise is a really cool concept, and I think it deserved more time in the oven. We're going to go next to Chris. Stranger of Paradise for the same reasons we just talked about. Valkyrie Elysium. For the exact same range of reasons as Strangers of Paradise. It ru it runs fine, but like there's obviously a point where it's like we we could have more stuff if we had gotten six months or even a year more. Yeah, and it also has its own mess of performance issues. Like a lot of times they'll just start throwing too many enemies on screen and the game just runs terribly. And I'm I'm sitting over here on a 4090 in my PC. How did that come up in one game of the year? Anyway, the Valkyrie Elysium will literally just hitch over nothing. It seems like a scripting problem. Like, it's not a graphical performance thing. It's literally the, a huge hitch in the game as it just goes, uh, okay, I opened a box somewhere. <laughs> like, this yeah. game needed more polish. Yeah. And I am enjoying my time with it because it performs better on PC than it does on PS5, but still. Still not a great experience. Uh, Freedom Planet 2. And River City Girls 2, because I would have bought that game by now if not for that problem. I would have played, bought it, and beaten it. And and I won't, no. Fucking fix your shit. Yeah, I don't... I can't believe we got two 2D games with the same camera Unity issue in the... In what? Like two months? Something like that. Something like that. that sucks. Okay, we go next to Agro. I, I believe that uh, it's not a controversial statement to say that I... I, in this group, am the one least bothered by performance issues overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I won't complain when a game is, is 30 frames a second if I haven't seen it running at 60 yet. <laughs> <laughs> I booted up Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and went, what the fuck? <laughs> it is disgusting that it got pushed out the door that just unfinished. I should not start a battle in a mainline Pokemon game and watch the camera consistently clip through the ground. <laughs> Uh, I'm also going to pull the trigger on a bit of a controversial pick here. Uh, uh, I am going to say high on life. 
I feel like this game could have been served immeasurably sales-wise by delaying it for like a whole year, manufacturing a press cycle that it's being held back because woke leftist cucks in the industry don't want you to experience a game this red-pilled and based. I think you could have compressed the Sonic CD effect into a single year of a fervent press cycle and sales would have fucking exploded by the time it actually came out. I didn't think that the game could get any more poisonous, but Agro did it. Also, it's really buggy so that they they might might have been able to iron that out in a year. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't even talk about the bugs we ran into because the rest of the game's the real problem. (laughs) I, I didn't even play Freedom Planet 2, but I remember when it came out, the, the idea that you're making a game aping the king of blast processing and it doesn't scroll correctly. Yeah. That's, no, assignment failed. You weren't done. Uh, and on principle, if River City Girls has the exact same problem, <laughs> I'll vote for that too. Uh, hey, Bob. What's up? Uh, do you have anything you want to say to the people undoubtedly in the comments saying, works fine on my machine, I'm definitely not just blind? <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. They, okay. they put a, a beta update out on Steam to fix it. <laughs> Only on Steam, of course. Game developers fix things that aren't real all the time, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, comments. <laughs> or who knows, maybe by the time this releases, uh, it will be fixed. You think they're going to fix it in the next... What, what is yeah, this they're going to go over the... They're, they're going to say, everybody's working for the weekend to prove Bob wrong. I know. New Year's. <laughs> I can't wait for the category in the last episode. Uh, categories that were fucked over by the relentless flow of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me get this sorted and we're going to we're gonna get this over there. Uh, real shame about Soul Hackers 2 not getting any votes the same time though i feel like at no point was that game i think that game fundamentally was never going to get money yeah but they did have that update that was only a few months later that added running that is true so it blatantly mm. yeah that blatantly should have been delayed to get that stuff in there mm. but there's the i think this is going to be an important guiding light going forward there's the notion that if a game gets delayed it will eventually be good Okay. And I feel like... Yeah, that's the quote that everybody puts on, on pictures of Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> I feel like Callisto Protocol definitely had a higher potential lost than Soul Hackers 2 did. That's how I feel about it. More time would not have helped Soul Hackers 2. Like, they very obviously had were rock solid on what this they wanted this game to be. Yeah, you'd get those minor fixes, but it wouldn't turn into a good game. It would just be a more acceptable game. Yeah, we, we'd had that patch that they pushed out a month later, and that's it. I mean, that that patch did add a lot of things that I feel like were... You can tell from space that shit's important, but at no point is this going to be Shin Megami Tensei Five. Callisto Protocol should have been the next dead space. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my argument there. Anyways, uh, the pecking orders based on votes alone is Freedom Planet 2, River City Girls 2, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Stranger of Paradise, Babylon's Fall, Callisto Protocol, High on Life, and Valkyrie Elysium. I think that top four is correct. I think the top four games that ship too early this year, in no necessary order even, 
is Freedom Planet 2, River City Girls 2, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and Stranger of Paradise. Yeah. Because Babylon's Fall should have been canceled, and I don't think that should make it eligible for sure. <laughs> <do it. laughs> Same goes for High on Life, personally. But, <laughs> you know, Agro made a really compelling call out to hell. <laughs> As we all know, I, Satan, invented High on Life. <laughs> We finally found you. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's see. I think that top four is correct, though. How do other people feel? Bob, do you think something else should break into that top four? No, I think those are the right top four. Agro? Yep. Chris? Yep. Okay, let me delete everything below that off. So, the final four sitting here is Freedom Planet 2, River City Girls 2, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and Stranger of Paradise. Two votes each. I'll go first. Freedom Planet 2. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Aggro. Uh, yeah, based purely on how offensive it is to have done it to these series, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and Freedom Planet 2. Chris. Uh, Freedom Planet 2 and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Oh my god. <laughs> Bob? Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet in River City Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me just throw a vote over here in order to. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not getting away. I bought that game for like 30 bucks or more. Day one. Yeah, it, it's and 40. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it's 40 this time. I opened that jack in the box and a knife came out into my throat. It's like me when I fucking get you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you know, that's understandable. If I had lined up for River City Girls 2, I would be there with you too. Yeah, whereas Freedom Plant 2, I'm like, I didn't even like the first game much, so it didn't hurt as much. <laughs> I feel like the first game was sure neat, and then it went in a direction I didn't expect uh, with a number of things. And Freedom Planet 2, I, I was I was really interested to engage with it at launch and be a part of the, the conversation. But then they fucked that up, and I'm like, this conversation ain't worth having. But it's fixed now, so thanks, guys. Too bad that doesn't make you ineligible for this category. <laughs> Fixing it by the time we do Goaty does not exempt you from this category. So, obviously, from the way the votes went, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is number one. Yeah. Freedom Planet is number two, and River City Girls is number three. Now, does anyone want to try to argue Stranger of Paradise above River City Girls? Because, once again, I absolutely see myself in Bob's place. If I had bought River City Girls too, I would be just as pissed. Stranger of Paradise runs bad. Lots of games run bad. River City Girls is a 2D game that has its scrolling fucked up. Yeah. One of these is more significant, in my opinion, and it's River City Girls. Okay. Bob, of course you feel that yeah, way. Yeah, I feel that way, for sure. Uh, aggro? Yeah, you, you, you can even use the 7th gen energy of Stranger of Paradise's protagonist to kind of <laughs> get into the mood of it running badly. <laughs> when's, when's the Stranger of Paradise Jack Garland crossover with Elix Elixman? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that makes our award winner for Gain That Ship Too Early, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Shock. <laughs> Freedom Planet 2 in second place, and River City Girls in third, oh, with honorable mention, Stranger of Paradise. Well, gentlemen, that's another category down. Time to move on to the next category, Biggest Piece of Shit. The nominee is Tommy Tallarico. Good job, Tommy! Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> Give Roblox its fucking sound back. <laughs> <You> fucking dick. <laughs> God. 